Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Hey, Endless Honeymoon podcast fans in Portland, Oregon, I, and only I, am coming to Helium Comedy Club July 15th through the 17th with friend of the show, Brent Weinbach, as my very special guest. Tickets are still available if you go to heliumcomedy.com. You can get a ticket and come see me. Hello, Endless Honeymoon Podcast listeners. This is another episode of The Secret Dump. Hi, Tosh. How are you? I'm good. How does it feel to be back in my arms? Uh, It feels nice. Yeah. It's really nice to have you back. Taking over some of the parenting duty. You did such a good job, Moshe. Oh, I thank you. I mean, you have to like put the kid to bed and that is a whole ritual every night and you did that all by yourself and then getting up is also a big huge ritual and you did all that by yourself and you fed our dogs and they're on tons of medication and you packed her lunch and drove her to school every day and you know did fun activities with her every afternoon did her whole bedtime ritual every single night made her dinner um made her breakfast how'd you do all that cocaine this morning, I couldn't even do it. I was on Coke. I swear to God, I started doing Coke while you were gone, and it was did awesome. You, did you stop going to bed at 3 a.m.? No, like a I went to bed when I wanted. Angsty teen? Nope. On I get up when I want. I live my mom. life. I have fun. I do cool shit. Everything is good. So you still went to bed at like 2 in the morning, even though you had to get up at... I might, have, I might have been getting a little tired a little earlier. It's possible. <laughs> I might have had a newfound respect for you and the labor that you put into this raising the child thing since you left, since I took on the other, I would say, 60% of the duty. Let's I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a majority share in okay. the duty. Um, so I do. I, I will say I respect what you do around here, and I honor you. And also, thank you for going to Atlanta and bringing back that bacon, because we appreciate money around here. Uh, by the way, I invested uh, all of your earnings from Rat in the Kitchen in a new cryptocurrency called Bitcoin, <laughs> and it fucking tanked. <laughs> it tanked hard. It was as it's now as if you didn't go to Atlanta in the first place. We are broke, flat broke. All right, uh, Tosh. Remember last week on the secret dump, we talked about a person that kept going and getting their nipples pierced because they felt. Uh, it felt so good. Mm, yeah. And I recommended that this person might want to try a, a, a sus- hook suspension. Oh. Well, we got an email from a listener uh, and I thought we could go through it, talk about it because I don't know much about it. Did she do it? I don't know. This is a listener. This is oh. a listener who says, Moshe Natasha, Bay Area body piercer formerly and suspension practitioner here. So she does the thing that we recommended or that I recommended. Uh, yeah, I didn't know about that, Moshe. I am also Native American, though I don't come from the tribe that practice Sundance rituals. Essentially chest suspension, though people do not suspend from their nipples, Moshe. I didn't suggest that they did. That wasn't the suggestion I made. I made a suggestion, a logical suggestion, that if you like getting your nipples pierced every couple weeks, perhaps you would get something out of chest suspension. I think I knew that. The reason that people decide to suspend are usually pretty personal and can vary greatly, says our listener. I think that often it is to overcome the idea that they cannot do it. Okay, so it's like a climbing Everest type thing. What contraption is being used? I believe, maybe they, maybe they, this person recommends it, but it's literally 
a hook, a, a hardcore, like a hook, a, a sharp ass hook. So it's bloody. I think it's bloody, but it's mostly like hurdy. And they put it through the, your chest, your, the fat in your chest, and they lift you off of Does the ground. Does it leave marks? I'm sure it leaves a scar. Yeah, I'm sure. It sounds awful Is it me. sexual? Well, let's find out. Let's find out what our listener says. Uh, I think that often, it, okay, taking control of the body in this way is extremely powerful. I know many suspensions are done as a means of processing trauma. Overcoming these physical sensations can also help them to overcome mental barriers. I also know many women who have used it as a way of reclaiming their body after sexual assault. So, Natasha, it is not sexual so far in the email. Uh, some see it as a rite of passage. Some see it as a challenge. Some use it to go into altered states. One of the early suspension tropes on the East Coast is, oh, troops on the East Coast is ROP. It's called Rites of Passage. I worked with a Bay Area group known as CORE, Con Constructs of Ritual Evolution. Now, apparently, I'm finding out now, you have to use an acronym if you're going to hang people from fishhooks. Uh, I worked with another Bay Area group whose motto was, it's not about the hooks because it's about the release. That's kind of funny to have a cat's phrase. Hey, welcome to the fish hook place. It's not about the hooks. It's about the release. I've seen extremely physical suspensions that were almost violent where you could clearly, you were clearly watching the process, person process and let go of something. I've seen suspensions where the person was so tranquil and meditative they almost appeared to be sleeping and everything in between. I worked with another group that was a performance troupe, Coven of Ashes, <laughs> Coven of Ashes, <laughs> that incorporated suspension into their performance. Core does this as well. This is a whole other art form and side of suspension. Body suspension can get very technical when it comes to rigging and hook placement. Chains are never used except for performance and or in the very early days. I like that there were there's the pioneer days of suspending your body by a hook. I would just rather take ayahuasca, throw out my soul, and not have to deal with the physical pain. I hear you. It's not for me. Okay, but for her, she says, for me personally, every suspension I've ever done has been very different, and the intentions and results have been just as varied. I first learned about body suspension when I was very young from Ripley's Believe It or Not. Hmm. My parents also talked to me about Sundance rituals when I was learning about different Native American traditions, but it was really being introduced to Fakir Musafar that really sparked my interest. And I think this is true for a good portion of the body suspension community. Fakir was not native, but grew up on Sioux land and learned about the Sundance ritual. He also had a major interest in body modification in general. He became the sort of godfather of the modern primitive movement. And him and Jeff Ward, their shop, The Gauntlet, I remember this shop, it was a piercing shop in San Francisco in the 80s and 90s, um, in later years, Fakir taught body piercing and branding workshops and was active in the BDSM community. He just passed in 2018. I was lucky enough to grow up with him and work and perform with him. The Bay Area had amazing body mod suspension scene. So it's like a scene. Attached is a photo of me very happily doing a lotus position suspension. I am known for wearing this smile on my face when I suspend. Oh my God. Take a look it looks like? at is our listener gonna... happily smiling as she is hung off of the ground by hooks in her body. You know what? Wait, are they in your... <gasps> Ow! I think that's what she said. Uh, that was the Wait, that's they're a... like in her knees and stuff, in her thighs. That's wild. And she's smiling so big and oh, bright. Oh, wait. So it's also about like one... It's uh, sadism? I guess it... 
maybe it is connected to the BDSM thing. Maybe it is. Yeah. Well, it means you want that you want pain. You want to experience pain. I or you're getting a release from the. I mean, honestly, what I've always said about this, and it sounds like you don't get this. You seem ignorant. <laughs> is that it's not about the hooks. I've always said that it's not about the hooks. You know what it's about, honey? What the release. <laughs> Um, that is wild and that looks so painful and intense and I I still don't know what the Native Americans what they did it for was it about the release what was the what's the Sundance ritual uh, for originally so now it's morphed into mo- modern primitive uh, BDSM stuff but what was what's the Sundance ritual all about is it release as well or is it something else well what do I know I am but merely a uh, a, a Jew and one of our rituals is we avoid pain at all costs. The world is painful enough. It's not about the hooks. It's about the kugel. Okay, let's. Uh, shall we? Shall we play? What do you think, Tosh? Would you ever do anything like that? No. Would you ever do any kind of like you do want to try ayahuasca? Yes, but the one reason I don't want to is because I don't want to like have that kind of physical illness. Mm, just puking. Yeah, I've heard that the puking is overblown, that not everybody pukes. I'm saying, though, I don't like to be uncomfortable at all. Mm, I definitely don't want hooks in me. You want that princess in the pee shit. I would like maybe consider vomiting. Yeah, Mm, I would love to watch you do that. But nothing. um, Just vomit. (laughs) You hate vomiting, too. I do hate vomit. Oh, we should never do ayahuasca. But I'm down to do it. I mean, I don't know if I'm down to do ayahuasca because of the sober thing, but I'm kind of like I'm borderline. What I'm afraid is that something would go wrong, you know? Wrong? Like what? You know, physically. Like, I get, you know, have a violent, bad reaction. Oh, really? That's what you're afraid of? Yeah. Well, you'll throw up. I'm cool with that. I just don't want to go to the damn ayahuasca hospital. The ayahuasca patrol. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Do you think a lot of people end up in the ayahuasca Well, I did see a documentary where there was this, like, Florida ayahuasca church and... Uh, the one of the women had a seizure or something like that. I mean, it's a drug, you know. Every once in a while, something go, has an adverse reaction, and to me, it's like I've always said about ayahuasca: it's not about the plant; it's about the release. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay, well, let's take a secret. You want to hear some secrets? Mm, I'm down. Hi, Masha. Hi, Natasha. Um, I just started watching you guys through. Um, I found you through. My and the Alex breakdown, Moshe, you were great. Shout out. Natasha, I'm obsessed with you. You're gorgeous. Um, anyway. True. Here's my secret. Um, at the beginning of COVID, my job was incredibly stressful. And every day that I went in, I hated my life. I hated the thought of going to work. So one morning, no one was around while I was clocking in and... I licked, <laughs> I licked the little scanner button because I wanted to get sick so bad so I didn't have to go to my fucking horrible job. So, yeah, haven't told anyone that, kept it a secret in this whole pandemic. And I thought it was time to air it out. So thank you for giving me this amazing platform to share my Horrible COVID plague secret. All right. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Did you get sick? Did it work? I'm very confused about this. It doesn't seem like it did, but 
that was the perfect year to just be like, I'm not feeling so good. Oh, to lie, you're saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Why actually get Nobody sick? pushed you ever. That would be funny if you had a skeptical boss. You're like, I'm not feeling well. And they're like, uh, if you're well enough to call, you're well enough to come in. Yeah, for COVID, you could just be like, I have a little tickling in my throat. But I'm actually good to come in. They'd be like, no, 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 right. no, no. Yeah, so lied. don't ever waste that because that's really gross. Right. Don't ever waste your health like that. Yeah. Listen, don't try to get sick. Never try to get sick. It's not about the hooks. It's not about the scanner. Just just call in sick. That is really true, Natasha. I never thought about that. This was like the ultimate year to call in sick. Yeah. If you had a job where you had to go in, it would have been so easy to get the time off. You wouldn't have had to even ever do a follow up. You just go not feeling that well. And then you go to Hawaii. Even though all air flight to Hawaii and back was shut down and you were unable to do that. <laughs> all right, let's hear another secret. Hi, Natasha and Mosh. Um, I've been a big fan of your podcast. I've been listening to it like religiously, but um, I have a secret. So I would say when I was about 19, 20, um, I was in a serious relationship with someone I've been crushing on basically since childhood, and we dated for about, I would say, two years or so. I think after one year into the relationship, we got um, pretty experimental with her sex life. And while he was going down on me, he was eating out my ass. Um, the thing was, he did it without my permission. So while he was eating my ass out, uh, my body responded, and I farted on his face after that we never experimented with play ever again um yeah so um no one really knows about this not i mean my current boyfriend knows but he sort of like makes fun of me every time he gets the chance to so i guess that's cool but <laughs> thank you well yeah bye so the only person where it would be embarrassing for them to find out knows so that's fun yeah this just reminds me of what my uh, a gay friend of mine, Pepe, once told me. What? He said, and I'll never forget it, if you're fucking up the ass, you're going to get peanut buttered. <laughs> and you know what? It's just like sh- stuff happens down there, you know? If Moshe. you're fucking up the ass, you're going to get peanut buttered. Moshe. I didn't make it up. Talk to Pepe. I don't know who Pepe is. Well, I'll get in touch with him. I don't like the term. <laughs> <laughs> you no. don't like peanut butter i'm not i'm not a fan and uh yeah i think it's fun that you can be light about it and also it happens fart they say peanut butter happens no as long as you know you're having sex and you're like you know going for it weird you know? shit's gonna go down yeah it's so true have a light touch when it comes to your sexuality don't take yourself too seriously and fart when you need to i guess let's take another secret Hi, Moshe and Natasha. Uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that my mom is kind of like a L.A. birth mother. Um, like, she had me and my siblings at home and, like, all of that shit. Um, and she also breastfed me until I was five. So I think I haven't really told anyone about it because that's, like, it seems, like, pretty fucked up, you know? Like, I personally wouldn't do that. I don't really know anyone else who's ever done that before. Um, but when I turned five, she held this ceremony for me and we went to like this park and I had to walk across this bridge. And then when I got to the other edge, 
it was like I had basically graduated from nursing and I like cried about it. Um, so yeah, I can't imagine that that hasn't impacted me very deeply, um, in ways that I probably still don't even fully realize. Um, yeah, I just wanted to get that off my chest. Thanks. I mean, I would like to know what her, if she was like, but I'm in a really happy relationship. I'm very successful. I'm close with my family. Did um, it seem like that was the vibe? I w- <laughs> didn't, didn't to me. <laughs> have you seen a five-year-old lately? They're pretty big. They have like five o'clock shadow. <laughs> They're like, hey, what's up? I'm a five-year-old. Some of my interests include uh, knitting. I do some light machinery. Uh, I can wig, I can weld only tig, not mig. I mean, that is old to breastfeed. I know, but what, what do you think? Yeah. What's the relationship like now with the parent, I guess is the, is the question. Do they have a really great relationship? But regardless, what does that have to do with her breastfeeding until she's five? They could have a great relationship and be bottle fed from the moment they're born or they could well, have. Why a, is it affecting her if the kid, I mean. Because it's creepy when to, have mem- to have active memories of suckling on your mom's tit as a grown kid that could like do your multiplication <laughs> tables. <laughs> That's why. You're like, what the fuck was my mom thinking? Well, just so you know, though, I'm not... Obviously, I st- I stopped breastfeeding after three months, so I shouldn't talk. I'm saying, though, um, a mom who's doing it at five, they're not doing it... Five. They're not doing it all day long. It's probably like just before bed for like two seconds. Yeah. Probably. If, if your child is ever old enough to be like, can I just get a little suckle? Then it's too too long to breastfeed. If they're ever like, hey, can I get one of those titties real quick, mom? That's how, how you know it's it's a little too long. Well, it does seem long. Can and I suckle on that buckle real quick? Yeah. Can I get some of that pink nectar? Well, maybe you should talk to your mom about it. It depends on her personality if she'll be open. Oh, uh, she'll definitely be open. <laughs> she'll light some fucking sage and say, let's do this. I mean, here's how I would look at it if I were her. All right, that probably is a little weird and you might need to examine it with a therapist because I don't really know. I'm sure it's like some sort of implication right on the cusp of weirdness. However... um, You know, I just think that having a mom like that who had like rituals and was like really aware and like earth mother and having you at home, I'm sure there was some really positive something cool about it. I'll give you that. And try to think about like unless you were in a cult or something, but it does sound like a kind of kind of a cool gift slash appreciation for nature and wonderment and ritual i hear you i'd rather have a mom that has me sucking on her titties until i'm in hit puberty than to have one of those families where it's like we don't talk about that around here you know like one of those like weird parochial type i'm good i, I my mom is closer to the tit sucky than she is to the other thing and mm-hmm. I, i'm grateful for it for the weird kind of bizarro hippiness of our exactly upbringing. and if you feel like there's something you need to bring up to her do it eventually find out the best way to It'd do be that. fucked up if you're like mom i really want to talk to you about the whole breastfeeding thing and she busted on a tit though <laughs> she's like did you want to come back on you're like no i'm fucking 23 well maybe she'd be like yeah at the time i just you know because you know i know that if you go on the website of like the american federation of whatever is like the breastfeeding i don't really remember what it is sorry mm-hmm. but um it's gotmilk.com they they recommend up to three years so that's two extra years. But they might not have had that in the 80s. Two I don't, years. I don't know what the recommend. Maybe when your mom was breastfeeding, that wasn't there wasn't the World Wide Web. Five is crazy. And people didn't know what the limit was. 
Five is crazy. The recommended limit? I think. If your kid can dunk, he shouldn't be allowed to <laughs> suckle. All right. Well, uh, let's do one more. Yeah, let's do one more. And I, no judgment. Yeah, no judgment, but that was wrong. I have a secret for you guys. Hold on a second. Just stop for a second. Five is kindergarten. Moshe. Kindergarten. You're in public school. You have a, a sack lunch that you bring to school and you're still sucking on your mom's titties? Sucking on a chili dog outside the Tasty Freeze? You know so, the lyrics. So why does the mom do it? Out of more control, more attachment? That's she doesn't want to give up on the attachment. She, maybe she still believes that this mother is like, you know, doing all these like nature rituals. She's like, maybe she also believes that there's you know the cholesterol in her in her nipple milk is going to do something positive to her child maybe or maybe it's a way of maintaining closeness to, to your child i don't oh, really yeah, that, know that feels it. way more believable but i don't really get it but i'm just saying if you're in the public school system i think probably breastfeeding is out <laughs> 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 all right if you would like to leave a secret of your own, hopefully one as delightful as the elder milk sucker, call us, 213-222-8608. If you'd like to be on the main podcast. Uh, give us an email at endlesshoneymoonpod at gmail. And also, we're on Instagram. You can follow Endless Honeymoon Pod. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Then yeah. you can like listen really easily or watch you, you can watch our bodies as we oh, yeah. react to secrets uh we love you our listeners and we miss you come see me in portland heliumcomedy.com and natasha yeah i love you whoa flipping the dynamic i love you too 